You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Live from Chicken Town, this is the Flopcast, episode 612. Leave your message at the town. Kevin and Cornflake like to have coffee and cartoons, and so they turned on their microphone and made a Flopcast just for you, might be sorry. Yes, yes. Hello, Cornflake. Cornflake is not here right now. (laughs) Oh, no. Are you still in New Hampshire? I saw you in New Hampshire. Yeah, I also saw you in New Hampshire. And heaven help us both if I'm still in New Hampshire. I'm very much here. I just let I let my message pick up. Because I wanted to make sure I knew who it was first. And it's you, Kevin. Hello. You're screening your calls again. You know what? I don't blame you. But back in the old uh, the old answering machine days, you know, when you had like a machine in your house attached to a regular telephone and you'd hear it going. Back then, I never picked up the phone. I'd wait until someone starts talking into the machine. And then, okay, that's my friend. I'd pick it up. And then you get this, this attitude like, what, are you screening your calls? Yes. And I'd reply with, yeah, and you passed the audition. What are you complaining about? Right. And, you know, now, of course, I just don't answer the phone at all. Right. Which is fine because nobody ever calls. Uh, Anyway, yeah, I did see you in New Hampshire. I actually saw you a few days ago. So we'll we'll have to uh, get into that. A rare cornflake sighting. That was good. But first, how about a uh, not-so-rare cornflake edition of... National Whatever Day. National Whatever Day! Well, speaking of those answering machines of yore, January 30th is Message Day, short for National Inane Answering Message Day. Yeah, I mean, everyone's trying to avoid everybody else at this point. We're all just sick of each other. (laughs) Nobody call. (laughs) If you have to reach me, send a text. I may or may not ever get back to you. I remember, though, when making up weird messages for your phone was a fun thing to do. You'd make a wacky, outgoing message to entertain the people? I would. See, I don't think I ever did that. I never tried to be funny on an answering machine. I spent way too much time at home. (laughs) So in addition to doing that, you know my friend Dornail, right? Oh, yes, I do. You know, we were in, gosh, we were in junior high back then, and we would modify the voice messages on the phone to make it so that the answering machine had a weird message. We try to compete. And of course we didn't tell our parents what we were doing. (laughs) And it was not just back in the day. It wasn't personal phones. It was the the phone for the whole household. (laughs) Yeah. If you're doing something weird with the telephone, that's affecting multiple other human beings. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think anybody tries to get too cute with their outgoing messages anymore because we've all just had enough of it. The only problem I encounter these days is just the the too long message. Yeah. You know, when you get the person explaining to you 
that you should leave a message for them with the end. Like, yeah, we get it. We all know how this works at this leave point. Your name, number, reason for calling, your zip code. Yeah, the, your, the people. Your that, brand of toothpaste. The people that drone on and on like that, and then somewhere in there they mention uh, uh, how important your call is to them. Your call is very important to us. Yeah, but you know what's not important to them is my time. Yeah. Because why am I still <laughs> listening to this? Anyway, uh, everybody stay off the phone. Everybody leave everybody else alone. Uh, happy message day. Uh, I got to see you this weekend, remember? It was so nice. A rare cornflake sighting. I'm. This is uh, sighting number three, I think, in the last <laughs> four years, right? Yeah, I think that's about right. <laughs> yeah, we did indeed meet up. Yes, you summoned me back to my stomping grounds, and then you were actually surprised when I made it. <laughs> We got you back to, uh, yeah, Manchester, New Hampshire. The mean streets. The mean streets of Manch Vegas. Yes, you did. So I'd been to this place before, the Palace Theater. And I know you have a long, deep, dark history with this uh, Palace Theater going back to when you were a kid, right? Yeah, back when I was in daycare. They take the whole group of us from daycare. We were walking distance. What did you see? Like Footloose? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was one of... <laughs> there was Footloose yeah. and there was... A musical about Mark Twain mm. and uh, the story of Helen Keller. Wow. They should have mashed that up into one big show. Yeah, that all together would have been like a rager. Yeah, like Mark Twain and Helen Keller fighting for their right to dance. I would watch that. Yeah. Now, I'd been to this theater recently to see Kinky Boots. Which I really wanted to see. Yeah. Ed from Sponge Awareness and the mayor and I went to see the musical Kinky Boots uh, at this theater because uh, our old friend Mike was the guitarist in the down in the orchestra pit with the band. So we went to see Mike with his guitar uh, and a, a fine, fine production. And yeah, so fun to see our old buddy, Mike, who used to play guitar with Sponge Awareness back in the day. Now he's like a legitimate professional musician. I don't know if there's <laughs> as much prestige with this there as there was with being a member of Sponge Awareness. It's all been downhill since Sponge Awareness Foundation. You're right, yeah. for all of us, for everyone involved. Not as prestigious as Saf by half. But yeah, Mike came up with us, you know, playing in filthy rock clubs and playing in coffee shops and college dorms and <laughs> anybody we could trick into hosting the Sponge Awareness Foundation. And plus, Mike had all his own rock bands through the years. And uh, But now, yeah, Mike has hit the big time now. Serious professional musician in these big professional productions, in these big, beautiful theaters. And anyway, that was great. I think you were going to join us that day. Yeah, I got sick. Yeah, had to cancel out. But And that was a, a surprise for the mayor of Chickentown. It was a surprise when Ed showed up. I was like, look, surprise, it's Ed, remember? <laughs> and then it was surprise, we're going to see Kinky Boots. And then at that point, she was like, what? Why? Uh, you're great. But why would you and Ed take me to New Hampshire to see Kinky Boots? And then the, the third act of the surprise was because look down there in the orchestra pit. Look, there's Mikey playing the guitar. Yeah. And it was terrific. So anyway, this time, same theater, different show. But also we went to see Mike again. And this show is called Dancing Queens. The ultimate ABBA and Disco Tribute. This is an ABBA tribute show. And now it's called Dancing Queens. Wouldn't you assume it's a drag show? 
hundred <laughs> percent. Especially since last time I was at this theater, <laughs> not not officially a drag show, but it was a musical about a drag show. <laughs> Essentially, that's what Kinky Boots is. Well, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Dancing Queens. <laughs> how how is that not a drag show? It was not. Somewhere on Earth, as we speak, there must be a drag show happening right now called Dancing Queens. Because come on, yeah, this is just a uh, non-drag <laughs> uh, musical theater concert sort of a thing. Extravaganza. It was an extravaganza. It was. It's an ABBA tribute show, but this is not the ABBA musical. Yeah, there was no Mamma Mia. That's a whole different thing. This is, uh, we're just going to play all the songs. Then there's dancing people and such, but no story. Yes, it was as if they had brought the solid gold dancers back to life. (laughs) (laughs) All we were missing was Marilyn McCoo. So once again, this was a surprise for the mayor of Chickentown. And then once again, oh, hey, there's Ed. I think she figured, okay, we're going back to that same theater again, aren't we? Because there's Ed and here's the theater. She finds out, okay, ABBA tribute show. Great, because she's an ABBA fan. Yeah. And and you were coming as well. Nobody else knew that you were going to be there. I'd kept that a secret <laughs> from Ed and from the mayor. Good job. And I didn't tell anyone because I don't talk to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody knew where you were except me. But we had we were seated separately. So you were like off to the side from where we were. Yeah. And we, we were turksting back and forth. So then I thought, okay, now I'll reveal to everybody else, here's the big surprise, cornflakes here. So I, was, I said to Ed and the mayor, hey, look over there. See over there? Look who's waving to us. And they looked and they're like, hi. And they're waving. Uh, who is that? They, <laughs> they had no idea who they were waving to because we're in masks. Right. We had our safety <laughs> protocols down. Nobody else, but we did. <laughs> Especially in New Hampshire, <laughs> where the motto is now live free and die. <laughs> because that's how you can have it all. <laughs> yeah, but it's fine. There we were. And, uh, and this time, Mike was not down in the orchestra pit for this show. Mike is in the show. Yeah. Mike is on stage. He's in costume. He's part of the show. That was fun. I think we should pause and discuss his costume because it seemed to take its cue from something familiar. There was something kind of Greg Brady about that shirt. <laughs> Little touch of Johnny Bravo. Yeah, the- <laughs> there was some Johnny Bravo going on there. Sure. I mean, everybody was in a fantastic, you know, 70s sparkly things. A great band, of course. And there's Mike just... Uh, on the guitar. Sounded fantastic. Really one of the stars of the show, I think. Uh, you know, Everybody in the show was great, but Mike, I think, really stood out. Oh, he's having fun. He's playing the guitar behind his head. <laughs> Mike is so fun to watch up there and sounded incredible. And he just had the green light, I think, from the, from the music director of the show to just go crazy, do the big solos. Once they saw what he was capable of, they were like, yeah, go, let loose. But this was, there were like three women were kind of the lead singers to do all the uh, ABBA classics, and they were all terrific. And then a big pack of dancers as well was running around. They were so good. About 8,000 costume changes (laughs) through the whole thing. And approximately 37,000 sequins. (laughs) Everybody was very, very sparkly. Yes, so a terrific show anyway and it's still running as this show comes out so i guess we should throw in a plug in case anybody's uh within striking distance of manchester new hampshire uh this show dancing queens runs through february 11th and multiple famous disco acts are represented in the show yeah it's mostly abba but not just abba they work in a bunch of other stuff as well there's like a whole 
Bee Gees section, and there's a little tribute to Donna Summer breaks out at one point, and that they run through a whole bunch of uh, <laughs> disco era hits. Yeah, and at some point it was raining men, and I was very happy about that. <laughs> a little bit of Weather Girls up in there. Yeah, I know you're a fan of the Weather Girls, of course. According to all sources, yes, I am. Yes. So the show ends, and, and we're waiting uh, out front in the lobby to meet up with uh, Mike. It takes some time, because they have to remove the sequins one by one after the show. <laughs> one by one? Okay, I didn't realize. It's a delicate surgical process. And uh, and then um, not just Mike came out, but Mike brought out one of the other stars of the show with him. <laughs> Perhaps the most special star of all. I think you might be right. We got to meet uh, a young lady named Militia, who was one of the... Uh, lead vocalists in this show yeah she might be the coolest person in the universe mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel like probably a little too cool to meet the likes of us <laughs> it felt really special to meet her a great singer obviously but also you look like, if you start reading through her credits and like she's worked with cindy lopper and she's worked with taylor dane uh, she's worked with paul schaefer and david letterman's band Rob Halford from Judas Priest, and she's and on and living color on and on it goes. This amazing list. Uh, she does a lot of metal music as well, so uh, she can do it all. And she was just lovely and uh, very sweet of her to uh, hang out with us for a few minutes and uh, and chat. I also loved. I personally was excited to see that she worked previously with L Seven. All right, right, L Seven. Yes. <laughs> when we pretend that we're dead, I remember L Seven. Yeah, man, she's worked with everybody, and now. She's working with our, our old buddy, Mikey. Isn't that something? So, yeah, that was great. Great to meet her and uh, meet up with Mike in the lobby. And then a big gang of us went down the street to uh, get some dinner. And uh, Manchester is your town, you know, so we, we kind of look to you like Cornflake. Where do we go for dinner? And you, you gave me some options. You had two or three uh, options. And I, I seized upon the Red Arrow Diner. Yeah, because it's been just over 10 years since we were there last. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a couple of things. I like a diner. You know, yeah, you I, I like a no fooling around, good old fashioned diner. And I hardly ever get to real diners anymore the way I used to. And also, yeah, you and I have a deep, dark history with this place. <laughs> Because was that 10 years ago? It was just over 10 years ago. Wow. Yeah, this is for longtime Flopcast listeners. <laughs> if you remember when we went to the Granite State Comic Con, uh, if anybody remembers the Mr. T <laughs> tooth <laughs> incident. <laughs> Our buddy, Mr. T, not not the original Mr. T, but uh, this amazing New England area, Mr. T costumer, good buddy of ours. And uh, he was at Granite State Comic Con as Mr. T. And you were so excited to introduce me to him. <laughs> invited you to wear some of his Mr. T jewelry. And then in the process of taking it off, you know, we took a picture. Here's Cornflake with T. And you were trying to hand the giant necklace medallion thing back yeah. over to uh, to T and somehow smashed your tooth. <laughs> I needed a taste of that medallion. Yeah, I flinched. I flinched. It hit me in the front teeth and my front teeth shattered. Like an actual noticeable little hunk of your tooth was gone. <laughs> and we're looking at the pavement trying to find it. Yeah. And the, the streets of Manchester are just littered with teeth, yep. right? So like good luck finding yours at that point. Uh, so you disappeared to, to get uh, emergency dental repair. 
I was just completely baffled and confused and miserable and uh, <laughs> at that point. And I was like, all right, there goes Cornflake. Um, I hope she's okay. And then like two hours later, you're back with a fresh new set of teeth as if nothing had ever happened. Like the turnaround was remarkable. All's well that ends well. But I'm surprised you agreed to appear in Manchester with me even 10 plus years later, because I know that that was not a good time for you. <laughs> yeah, but but that happened at the convention. But then that night after you came back, then we all ended up at the Red Arrow Diner. Yeah. So we're in the Red Arrow. And then what in the middle of our dinner that night, the door to the diner opens and who ducks in? There's Mr. T again. Yeah, with an entourage, as I recall. Oh, sure. He he travels with an entourage. You, you, you've seen the A-team. You know he does not travel alone. But yeah, T just kind of popped in, looked in the restaurant, saw you immediately, <laughs> and screamed across the room, show me that smile, sister. <laughs> and then disappeared into the night. Yep. <laughs> but that was the last time I had been at the Red Arrow Diner. So it seemed appropriate to uh, return to the scene of the crime with you. And we're happy to report that as far as we know, no teeth broke at the diner. <laughs> Other than that, yeah, the, the place was in the process of being trashed while we were there. That was a scene. Yeah, uh, when I took you up on, sure, let's go to the Red Arrow, uh, we had all forgotten that this is literally the worst time of year to go to the Red Arrow Diner. Yeah. They had renovations underway, and because they're a 24-hour diner, they don't close. They had construction workers in there removing the tables around us and putting other tables in. I mean, literally right around us. The table right behind us was <laughs> dismantled and taken off, and then a new table was, you know, guys with drills. This was all happening right next to us. And and then at the same time, because the, the Red Arrow Diner is also... In uh, election it's season. Ground zero during election season. This is the New Hampshire primary. Right. Was this week. We don't involve ourselves with politics, so we just really weren't thinking about it. But I, I was aware of the fact that the road to the White House goes through that diner. <laughs> election season, it's just a series of public appearances by every candidate happens inside this little tiny diner. As soon as we walked in, there's camera crews there. And then, yeah, while we were there, one of the camera guys took out a light. He's <laughs> like, a tall dude. Smashed his giant camera into one of the big glass overhead lights, and it just came raining down uh, right <laughs> on top of Mike, the uh, guitarist in Dancing Queens. <laughs> like, he was... He was right there, right under the light. Yeah, I don't suppose he'll come out with us again, will he? <laughs> <laughs> what a scene at the diner, anyway, between the, the tables are coming out, the lights are coming down, there's political candidates and camera crews everywhere. But the food was tasty. <laughs> I'm just trying to enjoy an omelet, you know? Yep. <laughs> but there we were for uh, an evening of disco in New Hampshire. And it sounds like you have no regrets. <laughs> None at all. I've kept the disco thing happening uh, around here. I, I was inspired because, you know, after all the disco music this past weekend, I watched a uh, disco-themed cartoon today. Oh, what'd you see? Well, I popped in my DVD of Plastic Man. Oh, yeah. The old Saturday morning Plastic Man cartoon series. You know, Plastic Man, one of those stretchy guys, you know. Kind of like Stretch Armstrong. Yeah, he's a DC Comics stretchy guy. He can just change shape or stretch forever, that kind of thing. And he had this very silly 
Saturday morning cartoon in the late 70s, you know, the disco era. And so there's an episode of Plastic Man where he, he uh, does battle with a villain named the Disco Mummy. Oh, wow. It's a disco dancing mummy. But then she was also <laughs> stealing treasure and stuff and Plastic Man was trying to catch her. So she dances and she steals things. Does it all. Yeah. That's what else is there? Yeah. You know who else did that? The Starland Vocal Band. Most people don't know that. They were hardened criminals. Anyway, uh, Disco Mummy episode of Plastic Man was terrific. She, uh, Plastic Man gets turned into a mummy at one point. She kind of hypnotizes him. And then the two of them are all bandaged up and disco dancing together. How creepy. It's beautiful. So we, we've kept the disco party going. But in non-disco news... Uh, we, we did have one uh, plug for a friend of ours we wanted to throw in. And in fact, it's not just a plug, Cornflake. It's chickens in the news. And now, the Flopcast presents Chickens in the News. Chickens and a plug. What more could our listeners want? Yeah, we got to throw in a plug for uh, another old friend of ours around here, and that's the great Luke Ski. Yes. Who's very busy this time of year, because I know he's getting ready for uh, MarsCon to run the comedy music programming at MarsCon in the Minneapolis, Minnesota area coming up in March, so just a few weeks away. But at the same time, Luke has a new song out. You know, this is comedy musician friend of ours, the great Luke Ski. Very silly, very silly new song from Luke, and it's just kind of goofy, non sequitur, nonsensical, just completely goofy, uh, which which we like. But Cornflake, the song is called Chicken. Oh, yeah. So that's. <laughs> I wonder who his intended audience was for that song. <laughs> I, it, just the two of us, I think. <laughs> yeah. Does he know anybody else that likes chickens? I, I don't think so. Nobody. Just us. Uh, there is a line in the song where uh, that mentions uh, the name Kevin. So, so I was wondering, wait, was he directing that directly at us? <laughs> and uh, on the Funny Music podcast, you know, where all of our friends from uh, the Funny Music Project debut and discuss their new songs, uh, Luke did say that at least retroactively, <laughs> he's retroactively saying that, yes, that's a reference to, to me and to us on the Flopcast. Aww. So thank you, Luke, for the retroactive <laughs> mention in your new song, Chicken. Check it out, everybody. Not a disco song, but a fine, fine song nonetheless. Maybe it's not too late. Maybe because the, you know, the Dancing Queens show is running for another couple of weeks. I wonder if they, could, if they have time to add Chicken to the show. That would be so great. And I'm sure that there are people that farm chickens in the neighborhood that could make a guest appearance on the stage. Oh, we could fill the stage with actual disco dancing chickens. Chickens and glow sticks. Yeah, maybe get the disco mummy out there as well. We're going to make the show even better. All right, well, Cornflake, uh, we just wanted to keep this uh, one of our patented short catch-up, goofy kind of nothing shows. <laughs> I think we've done it again. Even though we did manage to demonstrate that occasionally we do get out on the town. Well, yeah, that's the main point is I actually saw you in person <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> it was really cool to see you. That does not happen often. And the mayor, you hadn't seen the mayor at all in four like in years. Four years right? yeah. 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 Or Ed, when's the last time you saw Ed? Uh, probably longer than that. <laughs> yeah. When's the last time you saw the disco mummy? 
Approximately never. A lot of heartfelt reunions happening this week. So uh, that's what we've been up to. And I think we're about done. Cornflake, get us out of here. Sure thing. We're at flopcast.net, facebook.com slash flopcast, universadon.com slash at flopcast on Mastodon, and the underscore flopcast. That's our handle for Instagram. If you'd like to leave us a rating and or a review for the show, well, there's plenty of places you can do that, but we like to recommend Apple Podcasts for that. Music for the Flopcast is written and performed by the Sponge Awareness Foundation. Now, of course, back in the late 70s, we were known as Sponge Awareness and the Sunshine Band, but then things took a turn. Well, Cornflake, thanks for hanging out with me, uh, you know, here on Zoom as usual, and uh, especially thanks for hanging out with me for real just a couple of weeks ago, because that was a treat. Everybody, thanks for hanging out with us as well, right here and now, and of course... Please be safe, be kind, be silly, and we'll see you next week. Peace and cookies. Helm report. Sir, there's Klingons on the starboard bow. Starboard bow? Starboard bow. What are they doing there? They seem to be waiting for the new episode of Earth Station Trek. Science, what do we know about this Earth Station Trek? It's a podcast that tracks through the history of Star Trek, from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. Navigation, how would one find such a podcast? By setting coordinates for EarthStationTrek.com or by doing a sensor sweep of Spotify, iTunes, or any other quadrant where fine podcasts are available. Captain, what are we going to do about the Klingons? We come in peace, Commander. Weapon station, shoot to kill. Shoot, shoot to, to kill. kill! Shoot to kill! Okay, Cornflake, we are in the secret after show now, so nobody's listening. You can say whatever you want. No one's listening, but we still have something to say. Well, I was just thinking about that Dancing Queen show we went to go see, and I still have my program, and we got to talking after the show, and while all the the dancers were fantastic, we had one favorite in particular. The dancers were great. It was three guys and four girls, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, they were great. But yeah, I think uh, the three of us, you and me and the mayor, we all we all picked the same uh, favorite. You're right. <laughs> yeah, we all zeroed in on a favorite. And I just wanted to give her props because her name is Missy Clayton and she uh-huh. was amazing in the show. She was the one they had dancing for when they did Super Freak. Yes. She just, everybody looked like they were having a good time because it was disco music. How could you not? But she right. just looked like she was having an extra good time on that stage. And I, I looked her up in the program, and I discovered that among her credits, she was a Weird Al backup dancer. Yeah, I've got my program here. Look at that. It does indeed list Weird Al backup dancer. Well, I, I know that when Weird Al performs live, when they do Smells Like Nirvana, there'll be girls in cheerleader costumes doing the cheerleader dance. Maybe she was a Smells Like Nirvana cheerleader. Well, that's the best credential ever. Yeah, I haven't done that yet. I keep auditioning. Yeah, she was so much fun. I do have to take issue with uh, with your saying that everybody there looked like they were having a good time. Because I was having a great time, but you'd never know it by looking at me. <laughs> 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 when I'm at a, you know me, when I'm at a show, I look miserable. I'm not. I actually had to explain to a woman who was seated near us. Because she noticed how I, I had to just explain to her. I was like, ma'am, it's fine. I'm fine. I'm just dead inside. How frequently do you have to explain that to people, Kevin? <laughs> Surprisingly often. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. 
Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.